the Leash Today Talking Sport podcast, brought to you in association with Booth Concrete. Booth Concrete provide high-quality concrete products to Leash and the surrounding counties. Thinking concrete, think Booth Concrete. When quality matters. Oh, hello and welcome to a Sunday evening uh, or some Monday morning or whenever it is that you're listening, but it's our latest edition of the Talking Sport podcast with Leash Today. Um, I'm Alan Harnett and we have brought Stephen Miller back. Uh, we subbed him out during the week for Ollie Halley, who got rave reviews. I got a good few texts about Ollie. People were very impressed with him. Um, I, I think it's just because he's from Balakala and he knows Harlan. That's why they're impressed with him. But uh, I know I'm only joking. He, he was very good. You you listened to it, Stephen. You enjoyed him. Very impressed. I was very, very yeah, taken that you, you mentioned me a couple of times. You know, like he ah, must yeah. like, <laughs> he must actually, yeah. Stephen says this or Stephen says that. Like, I thought, I thought the reason you got rid of me was because nobody agreed with what nobody thought I knew anything. So, but, um, but no, he was very good. I must say, very, you know, obviously, you know, it is good to have people who are from the heart of the hurling community and we can never, ever, ever, ever claim that. You know, that's something that they just have on us, you know. Um, and I just think, you, you did put it on the story, our new hurling analyst. That doesn't mean that we have shafted Damien Carter. No, he's still part of our plans and if you're listening, Damien, don't be pleased, don't be put out. We're still, we'll have you on. Absolutely. And um, we have a sort of, we're just, we're just developing the panel. You know, it's always exactly. important to add depth and add strength. And Ollie won't be the last edition of a couple of other hurling editions in mind over the summer. So there'll be a lot of fresh voices and we're doing the same on the football side of things. So well done to Ollie Halley on his debut. Um, Damien, character, keep your head up, you know, work hard and you might get your chance again. You will get your chance because I know you have it in you. And there are other people, if they show, um, you know, show show what they're worth. We'll give them every opportunity to come on and talk hurling and talk shite with us. What more? What more can we offer? <laughs> what more could anyone want? <laughs> exactly. Well, on to the matters on the pitch. Where do you want to start? Let's start with the ladies. Ladies first. Ladies first. Yeah. Well, we, they were in uh, Kinnegad today. I I travelled up. And um, I'll have talking points on site in the morning, but I, I joked that it took me an hour to get to the game and the game was over in seven minutes. So, like, you know, I <laughs> hope you were there in time. <laughs> oh, I was there in plenty of time. I was there for the end of the first game, uh, Ross Common and, and Lout. They were they were coming out as we were coming in. I, I, I've been in Kinnegat a few times now and it's a grand a grand venue for, for a game. Perfect small venue. It is a stand that seats about, I would say, a hundred people. Would, it, would yeah. 100 be an exaggeration? Oh, maybe even an exaggeration, maybe a little less. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but seats in the whole lot, and there's three pitches, at least three pitches, like for a club, like Kinnegat, Coralstone Kinnegat is the name of the club. Obviously, the ladies use certain grounds quite regularly. Like they use, obviously, Borough quite regularly. They use Dr. Pullenbark, and they definitely use Coralstone Kinnegat. There's a funny venue, like a neutral venue for Leach and Wicklow to bring them up to Westmead. I was only, like, I actually drove by more parts there, and I was thinking, what well, it's not a toss for it, you know. Uh, it's a funny one. Like yesterday, they brought Cork and Waterford to Port Leash. Yeah, <laughs> and somebody somebody was given out. I heard about the poor attendance. And I was going, well, I mean, <laughs> you can't really blame people, but uh, yeah, no, it, it, it was a relatively meaningless group game. I think it was done for TV purposes and that. Yeah. But uh, I think, like, I wonder if Leash and Wicklow had to say, you know, do you want to toss for it? I'd say, like, I'd take my chances. Yeah, I'd say so, but anyway, it it, it didn't matter where it was, but it could have been played in the moon. They were still good. Yeah. <laughs> they were still going to win. Um, I I was at the game. They played one another on the first of May, so just just about two months ago. I was in Ratneska. It was the last group game in the Leinster Leinster Championship, and Leash won five nineteen to five five. It was a ten goal 
normally you say t- I think I said 10 goal thriller it wasn't really a thriller it was 10 goals 10 so goals much, yeah 10 <laughs> goal match yeah exactly as much you could say about it. but um, this game I, I like you know you, obviously all are in quarter final you have to give respect to it though they did beat Offaly which I was surprised by because I thought Offaly were very good when, when Leach played them in the Leicester Championship so I was surprised at that you have to give them respect because of that but after 7 minutes the game was over like um Leash got the first goal was Aaron Fitzpatrick. That was quickly followed by another goal from Emma Lawler. And then Sarah Ann Fitzgerald got the third goal. And Aaron scored the first and set up the other two. Um, she kicked two points in between that. She was unbelievable in that first 10 minutes. And throughout the game, she was she was unplayable. But that first 10 minutes in particular, she just seemed to be in the thick of everything. And it was like 3-5 to 3 points at, after 15 minutes. Um, It was 4 eight to five points at half time. You know, it was yeah, an job done. Yeah. yeah. Great, great to see a team scoring freely. Um, you know, obviously I didn't see it, it was streamed, but I didn't get to see it. But um is there a growing trend that they're cutting out the defensive lapses? Because that's one thing we've sort of always mentioned. Like they're after score getting big scores now against Sligo, Throne and Wicklow. And you could say that Sligo and Throne and Wicklow are poor and Throne were knocked out today, but they were a senior team last year. Um, obviously Wexford bet Leach in the Leinster semi-final the three games since the, the, okay, the, the strong game was relatively was tighter but the other two games put together big scores and now they seem to have cut out the sloppiness at the back that was sort of costing them priority is it, is it cut out or is it is it the opposition poor? Uh, it's possibly a bit of both but they definitely do seem to have tightened up they're, they're not because even in that Wexford game that they lost they were like 12 points ahead at one stage or something. I can't remember exactly, but they were well ahead. And I think if they played them now, the way they're playing at the minute, I don't think they'd throw away a lead like that. They don't, they're not giving away chances to teams. Like Wicklow scored five goals against them two months ago. They had one goal chance today. And Emer Barry, Barry made a brilliant save. Other than that, like Barr kicking out the ball, she had very little to do, you know, and that's I, the game. Well, just from looking from a little bit of far, I think Leash. The group stages of Leinster Championship were a little bit experimental. Like I think now Leash are in knockout championship mode. Yeah. And, and you're seeing it. Definitely. And like they got um Laura Marie Marr back there today. She had a hamstring problem for the last couple of weeks. So she came off the bench at half time, scored two points, looked very, very lively. She'd be an addition now for, for the semi final. Orla Hennessy was togged out for the first time in months. I can't remember the last time she played. It could be even the did she play the day against Clare in the league? Maybe would would that have been possible? She was playing midfield. She was playing midfield. It was sort of a change yeah. of position for her. Yeah. So she got a knee injury after that and has barely played. So she was great to see her togged out. Now she didn't come on, but at least she's an option there. Um, and like they got, uh, I think they got five subs on. They all met. Anna Moore scored a point. Laura Marie scored two. Joyce Dunn was lively. Claire Conlon set up a goal for for Mo Nerney. Alana Havel kicked the point. So all the subs came on and made. Um, an impact as well. Um, Ashleen Quigley, who you had on the podcast last week, was out, outstanding, absolutely outstanding. And last year, you know, when they lost the semi final to Wexford, uh, the more I think of it, if she had to be playing, I don't think they would have lost. She she was she was absolutely brilliant. Um, obviously, they don't have Laura and Ernie this year, so it's been vitally important that that she's come back and and she was excellent again, really really good. Aaron, and then the same, you know, Anna Healy and Jane Moore probably go under the radar sometimes, but the work they do and Ellen Healy, 
just you know they just absolutely outclassed them completely and utterly outclassed them. The same as what Clare did to Longford. Like Clare beat Longford three eleven to four points. You know the same type of beating. So I think that's probably uh, I was talking that Mags McAvoy was doing the the commentary for for Midlands one three, and we were just saying at half time, um, at least Clare had a one sided win too because. Yeah. It, it, you know, you wouldn't want Leash coming into a game a bit cold, but Clare will be coming in off a similar type of result anyway. So, you know, that, that won't be a going against them now. And if Andrew, you know, it's the old school thing, like, oh, Ginny, you're, you're, you're wide open after a big hammer like that, you get carried away with yourself. Uh, you know, like I know Leash have a sort of a traditional style management. They're obviously guard against that, but you can only guard against it so much. So at least both teams are coming in and off the back of massive wins. Um, you're yeah. not having a that battle through. Like obviously Wexford had the battle pass to Rowan today. So it's a different type of win. Um the Alan Hartland player of the match? Aaron Fitzpatrick. Unbelievable. Absolutely incredible. Like it's just the speed she can travel with the ball. It's no different than if she's running with or without possession. It's the same pace. Like it's 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 frightening looking at it. And when she runs at you, there's just danger, danger. And you can see it in the opposition when she gets the ball. They're just terrified because you can't stop her. And like she sets up scores. I think that's a feature that she's really added to her game. Her passing, like the the Sarah Fitzgerald's goal. Like ladies might put up highlights during the week. They tend to do it, and I'd love to see that because it was a move that had sort of broken down in the middle. And Wicklow had a lot of players back in Sarah Fitzgerald had got free in behind all the Wicklow defenders. And you could hear her calling and Aaron got her head up and just popped the ball over all of it. Took out the whole defence with one pass and a and a goal came off it. It's just her all around play has been outstanding and if she's in this type of form, they should have a chance. Yeah. Um and one thing I I'm not sure if I said this about her pre- previously. I, like what I often find with really fast players and really good ball carriers is that they're that and they don't have the next thing. Now, they might be they're able to lay it off or whatever and to create the opportunity. I often find really fast players and ball carriers that their shooting can be deplorable. Like that, you know, they could do anything with it when they get like, like they they sort of, you know, get rid of it when you get into a scoring opportunity. But she's actually a very composed shooter for points. Now, she's obviously a brilliant goal taker as well. Now, fast fast players can be good goal takers because they just keep running fast and just blast it anyway. Yeah. But I do think that she has it in her repertoire to slow down and kick one off the inside of the boot on the run. Um, it's not something you see those really dynamic players have that often, I think. Maybe yeah. maybe I'm generalised a bit, but I definitely know of a lot of fellas and girls who go a million miles an hour and keep going a million miles an hour when they shoot, but like the ball could go anywhere, anywhere. And I'm not... Leveling that play at Aaron. So Aaron is your player match. The play Claire now in two weeks' time. Yeah. No venue yet. And they went like they're very slow at announcing venues. Like that was only about announcing about like Thursday of this week. Yeah, it was late enough, all right. Yeah, it was but it was the later of them. It, it the rest of them were all announced, and I don't know what the hold up was, but um yeah, I, I would imagine it'll be a double header somewhere. Like and we were talking it could be Burr maybe, it'd be right bangs back in the centre of the country, because you've got Ross Common playing Mexford. And you've got a leash playing player. So, like, you know, they're yeah, both teams. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, maybe and, that could uh, be the ideal venue. Yeah, right? people love nothing more than guess the venue and the day. Yeah. Saturday or Sunday. What will it be first? Would it be a double header? <laughs> guess the venue. <laughs> it's, it's, a real, it's a real Monday, Tuesday pastime of GA people. Yeah. Guess the venue. <laughs> Where are we going? Yeah. <laughs> 
fun. Like, you know, and like it's always like always up in the air. Um, but yeah, I'd say Borough wouldn't be a bad shout. I, I think, I think, I like like Kinnegad. I always say at least should have venues like that that they use for matches that are getting smaller crowds rather than or more packed. Like I've been at the club league matches in in Tim O'Hoy and I've been in Collection. I've been in Clunacy. You're the same. Like all these places. They're brilliant. Like the atmosphere is just different. It's a different tone. Get into a more part for semi-finals and finals and that. Um, and like as I said it before, it was said in a strategic review back ten years ago. Leash Day should be invited, developing additional county grounds. Um, you know, outside of Port Leash, one hurling, one one football one it was never that was never developed. But I think Port Harlington and uh, Mount Rath and somewhere put in a small stand, you maybe a small bit of concrete terrace, keep the place well. Uh, put your good floodlights in multiple dressing rooms that it can host double headers and away you go and take the pressure off Moor Park and uh, just you know very simple I'm not looking for like you awfully have like a borough at O'Connor Park which are two absolutely class venues like, yeah. you know and if the horse and awfully can do it why can't we do it exactly. you know? <laughs> it's those those take horse over there can do it we should be able to do it <laughs> yeah no I agree with you and it would make a difference and we'll talk about atmospheres now with other games shortly and come back to this point but yeah no I would yeah. agree Right, moving to hurling, Division mm. One. So you were wrong on your prediction. Wrong on, wrong on two of my predictions. Yeah, I, uh, my uh, my theory. I I asked the question on to Ali Holly, are cameras back? Uh, and from what I saw the other night, no, they're not back. Yeah. Uh, they're not back. No, I. But, I was but his answer, he said they were never gone away. That's completely incorrect. They have. They are, They have been know, gone away. They have been you gone know? away. Yeah, definitely. Um. I will no, we're not joking there saying they're they're not back. Um the game I think was it was odd. Like for a start, there was a minute silence held beforehand. Um but there was a I don't know there was a bit of congestion in the centre braces because obviously it was a game on fifteen minutes beforehand out in the centre right, basis. Right. And um when I got into a more park, uh cameras were out in the field, but right down the other were out out in pitch three where I parked um, and they had a minute silence for I think it was, it was Jim Cuddy died during the week I think yeah. Jim Cuddy. but Radoniard hadn't arrived so they had the minute silence with the cameras team and the referee and you knew you could hear um, Radoni coming and you were going oh no <laughs> I know what's going to happen here now and of course they ran out in the middle of the minute silence but to be fair to them they copped on fairly quickly what was going on and they, and, and they stopped they told them about this like or could they not yeah. have waited until they were out on the pitch like? yeah well, that's, what, that's what I would have thought like. but anyway um, I don't know whether, yeah I don't know whether that just set the tone and the, the game was just flat you know and, and it sort of sparked into life Early in the first half, Cameron's got two goals in quick succession. Um, Kieran Collier got one, and Mark Dowling, who always gets goal every time I see Cameron's play. Um, yeah, always get goals for Cameron's in a more park. Always. Um, and, and they got two goals, and um, it, it sort of gave the game a bit of life. And then Rathowney Earl got a goal back. Eric Killeen, like, you know, I don't think there's a video of that game, but that goal would be worth watching because he won the long ball, he was fouled. And he got the advantage and he just stayed going and he never got the ball back into his hand. He just kept flicking it along on his heart, flicking it around lads' heads. He was coming in on an angle and he just pulled on it and it went into the bottom corner. Um, and it was sort of one of them ones where you're just waiting for the free to be given. And all of a sudden the ball's in the net instead because he's just carried on with the advantage. So like they got it back to, I think Rattonier went in a point down at half time. Um, and uh, in the second half then, 
they just took over. They got a second goal uh, and they just got back on top. Ross King got the second goal. They just got back up on top and they never, with about 15 minutes to go, it was over. You know, and, and cameras had died away. Cameras, when they were on top, they hit a load of whites. They had, in the first half, at one stage, the white count was 9-2. And the cameras were ahead, but they'd hit nine whites. Um, they never really functioned. And, you know, when they were on top, like they could have maybe gone five, six, seven points ahead, which would have made a big difference, but they didn't because the whites were working. He after a couple of minutes, did he? Yeah, he he lasted seven, eight minutes. Yeah, yeah. Dwayne, no, Dwayne Palmer came on and played well. Like he, he, yeah, he, he did well. Dwayne Palmer would be like fairly nailed on starter most of the time. You'd imagine. Yeah, different type, imagine different so. type of player, obviously. But uh, but the, the, here, what, the, what's um, how was the question I was going to? Have? Well, it's only heard of in New Jerseys. Oh yeah, they do. Yeah, they're nice. Yeah, yeah. What yeah. cutting edge? Cutting edge analysis here. <laughs> I get the flow. Now I've got Dolly Holly back. He never asked me about jerseys. <laughs> no, they do. Yeah, lovely, lovely jerseys. But they were they were missing um, Paddy McCain as well. He got injured during the week, so he'd been their top scorer in their in their semi final. So they were missing him. But they had a they had a heap of lads back. They were still missing James Ryan as well. Cameras were without Dara Dogan, who was suspended. Um, and we're missing uh, Owen Dowling, who got injured as well. So both teams kind of miss it. But it goes back to the point beforehand. There was no atmosphere in the Moor Park. There, was very little, there wasn't a big crowd at it. Like Whereas I think if that game had to be played in, like as you were okay. saying, no grass or, or uh, you know, somewhere like that, you would have had a far better atmosphere at the game. Like it was very, very dead. Uh, especially in the second half when Rattonier got on top and they were just tipping over points and they were building up the margin. There was no... You know, there was just no atmosphere. It was it was just just poor enough now. And and you looked at it and you went, well, you know, I think the hurling, the hurling the league GA in general. I think the league finals in a lot of GA competitions getting close to the championship. I think the sort of focus comes off a little bit. Like everyone knows, it's not the real deal, and that sort of permeates through. Like you know, um, it's a final, but it's not a championship final, and it's a million miles removed. Like if Rathaway Ireland Cameras played its county final now in three months' time. You'd hardly get a seat in the sand in a moor park. Correct. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, and the place would be electric, like it was for the Boris and Cotton Cup Balacala final last year. It's just different for a league final. And, and that's the way. But I do think, I think, I think there's a lot to be, like, I think bring the games to the people, you know. Big deal there for Mount Rath Youngster is that Ross King will be playing in their pitch. You yeah. Know? It's not a big deal for anyone that he's playing in Port Leash, you know. No, and these no, are small no. things. I think, I think, do think, I've always said it, I think there is. A sort of a bit of an over obsession with everything being around Omar Park and the centre of excellence. You, you will see over the next couple of weeks, every single match we've had in the centre of excellence. And it's brilliant. The centre of excellence is excellent. It's, it's like I said, the envy of ones in the country. But everything, like the, all the county board meetings are held in It's a great facility. Like you have to use the facility. All the county board draws are had. All the finals are had. All the senior championship matches. Every single one of them. I just, I, I think, I, I think it's incre- it introduces a certain level of staleness. I don't think it's like across the board. And it's maybe, you know, it's not the biggest thing in the world, but I do think, like, you imagine now, like, Mount Rath were hosting that match on on, on Friday. They'd have had stewards everywhere, they'd have been bibs everywhere, there'd have been far more energy about it. And that risk lifts up clubs and, and people more than the same old, same old all the time. And look, the small thing, the bigger scheme of things, but I do think it's something that, you know, bring the games to the people. Yeah, no, I think so. Well, anyway, look, that, that was that was one A, one B. What one B? Into, we'll go quickly through those. Um, mm. Rathalie won again. Cameras again. That's a good weekend. Yeah, 
Now, this game looked a lot better. Now, neither of Daryl Lyons was, was on duty for us. We're going to have to get Daryl on the podcast shortly now. That'll be his next assignment. But he was on duty for us there this evening. It was close the whole way through. Um, right down here, led 111-110 at half time. But coming down the stretch, um, Hammers were in, were, in, were in front. And a dotty point and goal in the last minute uh, won it for right down the yard. It was something like 2.22 to 1.23 or 1.24. I've got the exact result in front of me. But um, looking at the teams, there was a good few. Like Rathdowney Earl had more lads now than cameras. Like Rathdowney Earl had Paddy Hassett. Uh, they had... Um, Paddy in the goals for the senior team. Where was he playing for the intermediate team? He played outfield for the for okay. the intermediate team. They had Jimmy Corrigan, who played midfield. They had Shane Donard, who was wing forward. The Park Grafter, who was midfield. They had Owen Burke, who was wing forward. So they had five lads yeah, okay, yeah. playing the other night, whereas Cameras had Daniel Green at full back. Uh, he was the only one that started. And then Cahill Cuddy and Dean Delaney came on and Matthew sorry Matthew Collier started as well. Matthew, I think Matthew started cornerback. Yeah, Matthew and and uh Matthew and Daniel Breen started in both games. Cahill Cuddy and Dean Delaney came on for the seniors and started for them. So, yeah, you know, yeah. we, we reckon cameras do have a more settled second team than than most other clubs. So they're probably stronger in the championship. But we don't strong fans in the championship, yeah. yeah. So let's say Division 1. So good, just good weekend for that down here. They, did, they were badly beaten by cameras. They played cameras also in the minor championship. And cameras had a big cameras and the stars for the team at minor. And they've won yeah. every grade, age grade up along, and they're like seven or eight Leach County minors. And, well, and they were big winners over um, uh, right down the Ireland in the minor. I should just mention the minor games over the weekend. Um, and the minor competition is, is group of eight, seven games, great form, a top four qualified for the semi finals. And I know if people on holidays and all, you know, they're going to be, teams are going to be missing guys on holidays, but it's over a course of seven games rather than two or three or four games yeah. or whatever. But all the teams have to do is get into the top four. You know, mm. and have steady streams of seven games over the next eight weeks at minor championship, like, and then the top four went to semi-finals. I don't know what more you could ask for. Or sorry, the six to seven, only seven teams in the minor, but the six games over the next seven or eight weeks. Um, the cameras were big winners over Rat Downey Earl, and they are the favourites for it. Boris Kilcotton had a good win. They got two goals late on to beat Abby Leakes, and Abby Leakes had to try and handle Jarrah Quinlan. He might have tried to handle Jarrah Quinlan at minor <laughs> club, minor Ireland. Like, and it's got the match just finished in time before, like, Thunder and lightning on Friday evening, and the Abilene's pitch flooded like this flash flooding. And you often hear about the thunder and lightning final in, in GA folklore back in the 1940s. I think it was the day World War One started. Believe it or not. Um, but uh, I'm getting a second call coming through there. It's a nightmare. Um, but right down the early anyway, or Boris Hatton had a good win over uh, Abilene's in Abilene's, and Clock Bellacolla had a good win over. over who did they beat? The Hearts. Oh, the Hearts, yeah. Neighbours the Hearts, yeah. So a lot of the strong teams and the team that the weekend were Castletown. In the minor B, Port Arlington played minor hurling championship for the first time ever. They were missing a good few and they were beaten by Raheem Parish Gales. Park Retineska, Tim O'Hoe had a massive win over Nafina, which was a repeat of last year's final. Um, but I believe Nafina were, and Nafina are, get this right, they're Ballyfin, Mokmanic and Clunas League. And that's a separate com- separate conversation. But those three have to come together for a minor hurling team. Mount Rath were massive winners over Rose and Alice. Mount Rath have won the equivalent B competitions up along the way. And Port Leash were huge winners over Ballinakil and Bally Pickus. Um, so that's the run. But those games are going to be coming taken fast over the next couple of weeks. And we'll get a bit more detail. We're trying to, we, had, we're trying to, we had details of all the A games. And some of the D, B games, we might get them on site tomorrow or the next day. Um, but it's another round next week. Anyway, 
the Division 2 final there this evening, I have league spec coach on hold. Did you get that one wrong? You did. No, I got that. I said Abbey Leagues would win that. I think we all went for Abbey Leagues, didn't we? We all went for Abbey Leagues, yeah. Yeah. No, I got the two other ones. I went for Cameras and the other two, all right. So you finished yourself and Ollie had two and I had one. That was the way I finished. Okay. Yeah. Um, again, that was a close enough game. Um, but Abbey Leagues, or I think Coach Han Ho were winning by three or four points coming into the last uh, couple of minutes. And Abbey Leagues just got a run on them. Colin Byrne finished with 13 points, uh, eight frees, five from play. And they won by, I think it was 19 points to 113 uh, was the final score in that one. And so, I believe... They don't probably miss the lose four or five of that team for the Premier Intermediate team. Yeah. But they're, they're junior A. Yes. They're, they're, they're in the fourth grade of the championship and they're going to be in the second grade of the league next year with their second team. Yeah. Don't have, they don't have teams that far out, like, you know. No, no. Now, look, yeah. the league is a this league in that regard, but... Coach and could have done with winning that now. Ah, yeah, would have been, been nice. Yeah, yeah, would have been nice for them, like to, to to win it. But I think it was just Abelix's legs, like Abelix's lads, just up for minor, uh, like so the likes of Colin Byrne that that are, are just out of that that grade. Um, and our good Adrian Dunn is another one. He's son of the Premier Intermediate Manager, uh, Derek Dunn, very very good hurler. So yeah. just I think their extra legs kind of caught Coach and Ho at the end. Just from talking to Dara, that seemed to be the the general okay. consensus. So, um, but look, I th- I think I I said that in the preview that I thought Abbey would win, but that Coach and Ho might win something yet like, before the okay. end of the year. But we'll see. We'll wash our mouth out with soap now, and we'll go from talking hurling to talking football. <laughs> You're going to give a 10 second moratorium there so that the device can switch off. You know, you need to want to go on. If you're, a hurling, if, if you're a hurling snob, now is your chance to turn us off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That's what Ollie was delighted that there was no football talk allowed during his uh, uh, podcast. I uh, tried to get in a few bits, but no, he wasn't having any of it. So, uh, we, we keep it that way over the summer. Like, Decontaminate. We'll do this for the league, but for the championship now, we'll, de- we'll, we'll decontaminate. We'll yeah, yeah exactly. You know? um, but anyway, moving moving swiftly to football, uh, and now that we've lost half the listeners, um, Division One A. So the league is petering out, sort of meekly enough. I think it's a good format, but it's not really like it's. Which really good. Yeah, it's good. Which week? I think those three games are probably at least one game too many, if not two yeah. games too many. But you get to the final. Justin Greg, anywhere good. Like, Greg got a walkover from Odemsey's, who still had a chance of qualifying for the league final. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the equivalent. Now, mathematically, it wasn't impossible, but uh, they would have had to have a big win over. But there's so many lads unavailable on holidays, and I think you will miss league matches over going on holidays. Very few lads that are half serious about football or miss championship matches because of holidays. Yeah, you well, know? that's it. Like, I, I know people get their holidays out of the way before the championship starts. So where yeah. to go to go, like, you know, so. Well, like, my own club were we we're in the 1B final and um, that game was scheduled. No, sorry, that game is scheduled for this Saturday night, but we can't. I think we have something like 14 lads on holidays, um, you know, because like that, people booked their holidays, you know, three, four weeks out from championship. That was the, the general idea. Um, I believe there's we might by the time this comes out could be sorted out one way or another but collection I believe are being sounded or trying to help us with if the county board are agreeable to, to move it to, they'd rather play the game than, than get a walk over but yeah like this time there's probably a little bit more leeway and that there's two or three weeks after it before the championship starts and you're not backing up any other fixture and with collection yeah. and standard, you're not dealing with hurlers a whole lot so like there's 
there, there's no crossover crossover there, so that should be the case. So the league final is going to be between Greg and Joseph, who have been the most consistent team. Two yeah. best teams in the league, Greg and Joseph. Port has now lost five matches in a row. But like, wow. like their, their team didn't look that bad on paper, but they were still missing a lot of guys, like, you know. Um like they're all senior club quality footballers, but like they're missing they're missing loads, they're missing Paddy O'Sullivan, missing Ollie Piggott, missing Jake Foster, missing Colin Murphy, missing Dearwood Bennett, Jason Moore was sick, Keith Bracken is injured, um uh David Murphy, I believe, is retired. Um I wouldn't surprise there hasn't been an SOS out for him to come back. I think he's uh, Sean Byrne is in, God knows where he's in. Um uh, like I think Port are going to be weakened. They've made a fairly harmless attempt at the league, apart from a couple of games this year. Um, they have already seen the first game. They're, I don't see them kicking on. I just hope that, and we'll preview the championship in a couple of weeks. I hope that that sort of four week spell last year where they hammered Port Leash to the fucking humding of a match against St. Lomans, that brought Kilmacud Crokes two points in an unbelievable game in Crow Park. I hope that we don't look back on that and think that that was, that was them at their peak and that they're on the way down now. I hope that's a springboard. To lodge a bit in Leicester Championship, but the moment is not looking great. Only the league, but the Chiefs have a lot of work to do over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I suppose you can, with the structure of the Leicester Championship, um, they will expect to win that first game anyway against Ardis Clean, and then they'll be guaranteed a minimum of two more anyway. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. so you know, they'll, they'll be hoping as the weeks go on that they'll probably get lads back and all the rest. But they're definitely not like if you go back to 12 months ago they're not in as strong a position as they are now but anyway they, we, we look, the, the, dynamic is different. the dynamic is different the sports yeah. like that like they, they've had two very they've had to mentally had to be on the road a long time yeah. you know come back and win one championship come down from that back up again go all the way like they were going Christmas week you know mm. and uh, like I see they're having a good look in, you know the, the blue fuel on holidays out in Thailand and a couple of them in America for the summer having the time of their lives Mentally, that's good for you as well. Like, you know, if you can come back and, and bring back, be in good form, sort of mentally, and you've got that sort of out of your system, and then, you know, they're all very fit, like they're young, they're at the peak of their careers, they'll get back in shape quite quickly. And maybe you can't, maybe, you, what what good would, would it be to them being absolutely flying it in the middle of June? You know, mm. it's like, no no use, like, no use to them going out there and hammering Joseph or Greg or something in the league match and thinking they're brilliant. You know, there's no. plenty to work on, but I do hope that they, if this is a warning sign, I hope the take was a warning sign, and uh, just from from the moment, their own point of view to hit the potential that they have. Uh, but that's it. Joseph Gray, that's Friday night in the Moor Park, Division One B, Urak Collection, and the Heat. That was the league semi final the other night, essentially. Yeah, I'll say the, the Heat. Um, I scored one sixteen. I it's a long time. I don't remember the Heat scoring one sixteen very often. They were very good. I think I think Collection were more or less. At full, they were missing Kevin Ryan, uh, but Ross Bulger, the McDermott's, I think they're all in America. Yeah, they're not going to be appealing. Yeah, same. David Aston, David Aston is back. Uh, okay. I was told the other evening, so he will be in contention for championship. But the Heat, obviously, they're intermediate, and they could have won that game. Had a load of goal chances that they didn't take in collection. Every time they missed one, collection went down and got one. Uh, but they stayed in at the whole way. Kieran Boot was brilliant. He scored four points from wing forward. Connor Boot was good at full forward. Uh, Dylan Kavanagh and Owen Lowry had a great battle between the two of them. You know, Dylan Kavanagh was centre back, Owen Lowry was centre forward. So, a very, very good game to watch. Um, Kaleshin obviously won it in her interleague final. The Heat probably happy enough to stay in 1B. Like going up to 1A, probably maybe a bit much for them. They've had, they've, had a good, they've had a good league. Like Kaleshin was dreadful in some matches, and there they yeah. ended up, they, in it, they sneaked into the top. 
before and now they are promoted like they're, they're a good sign of the system you know yeah. what I mean like uh, they're, they're, they're like I'll just skip back so anyway fair play to collection and promotion it serves a strategy getting promoted to 1A if he's a step up and if you can sort of have a decent panel you'll get more out of 1A than you will out of 1B yeah. Um so just moving back to 1A Emo and Court were both relegated Court would lost the Valley of Rowan Court have been competitive in a lot of their games but played something like 10 games and only won one and um, they got relegation form. Now, again, I do think to be better served being in 1A, but to give it a good old rattle, um, but they're all decent. They've been good towards the latter end of the league, with the exception of the Port Leash match where they were missing a good few. Emo gave Port Leash another example of a walkover being given where technically they could have survived, but obviously missing a load of players. And Emo played Port Leash in the first round of the championship. They knew, you know, they, they knew they weren't going to be able to beat them. They accepted their fate that we're going out to 1B. But I'll tell you, 1B will be a lot stronger next year. You've got Court with Nemo coming down into it. And you've Bally Finn and Park Athenesca coming up go up to it. That's going to be a that's going to be a stronger division next year. You could um, you could actually if the Heat win intermediate, well, someone would be relegated, I suppose. But you could nearly have sixteen the first sixteen teams in the top two divisions. Um if the Heat win intermediate. Yeah, someone would have to come down though, wouldn't they? So you, you would well, have to Oh well, yeah. I don't uh, yeah, that's a different but anyway, it will be a decent league next year, that division one yeah. B, because I didn't think it was wonderful this year. Staying up, Clunacee, Bet Ireland's clean a toilet at. Two, two wins at home. Clunacee got two of their last three games at home, won both of them. They lost, they got hammered when they played Bally Ireland in the way and bet the two Irelands at home. You know, so. Uh, I believe two, my two. my words were used as motivation when I said that uh, <laughs> if they conceded 5 19 against Bally Lyon, what, what will they concede against Ardis Galeen? So I believe that was used as motivation and they only conceded two points from play, I was told. Against Ardis Clean, so stick up. It is a sign of the times to an extent that the two teams relegated from one B are the two Ardis clubs. Kilcruz were relegated from senior a couple of years ago. Now the two of them are relegated to what is Division Three of the league. Like the glory years for those, they're over. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, you know? they're, and like Killeen will have a serious battle on their hands to stay senior. Now more power to them for continuing to stay senior over the last couple of years with the. Small playing numbers and the age profile of their panel. I don't know how to do it, but like they're definitely up against it. Um, division two or division that's division one B relegated. Uh, yeah, Clunacy stay up, Killeen go down. And um, I was at the division two, it was like the final round between Park Ratnesk and Tim O'Hoe. The winner went up, Bally Finn are already up and in the final. And the winner of this local derby were going to join Bally Finn in the final and get promoted to one B. And it was a belter of a game last Tuesday evening. Absolutely 15 points to 14. Paragraph Tedesco won. Tim O'Hoe had been bet by 15 points by Park when they played them in the championship last year. Both of them were missing a handful of players. I'd say Park were probably missing more than Tim O'Hoe, I think it's fair to say. Um, because this was a right good Park. Tim O'Hoe couldn't handle Park in the first half at all. Kieran Delaney scored five points from play, including two off his left boot in the first half to it. Noah Fingleton, who is a new addition, he'll definitely be our one to watch for Park Rathaneska this year, I reckon. He was a right hand for himself and James Connolly in the full forward end. They're almost identical size. The second, I say if you know we're going out in a league match and you weren't fully tuned in, yet. these two lads coming in on you, like, in the full forward line, like, absolutely get a migraine run around after them, like, you know. <laughs> and uh, but Tim O'Hoke created plenty of goals. Like, Tim O'Hoke had three or four goal chances in the first half, but they were 11 points to four down at half time. And it was complete contrast. Tim Hove have cut it in goals, own cut it in goals, and they've an uh, amount of big men around midfield, the half back line, the half forward line. They brought Brendan Quigley on full forward in the second half, and he just booms every kick out down the far end, uh, as far as he can on top of them. And like Sean Ramsbottom, Michael Kennedy, Jeff Kennedy, um, 
Daryl Lawler, Daryl McDonald, Daryl former pal came in, Column Lawler, Column Dunn, but all oh, huge men like around the middle yeah. of the field, you know. But just like will not make it easy. Now they have you know weak points in certain areas and there, but and Damien O'Connor was excellent then in the second half, like going forward. He scored two points from centre back, and Dunnick O'Connor scored two points from full back, and they came or for cornerback and came roaring back into the game. Got it back to a point on a couple of time, couple of occasions, and couldn't get the leveler because the leveler because the scoring difference had Tim Hold got drawn the match, they would have went up on scoring difference. But Park were the complete opposite. Like Darren Nolan was in goals, seems to be a battle there for the goalkeeper, Jersey himself, and um, uh, Jamie Downey. And like the park system of the kickouts is very good. The short kickouts, they work them short every time. Benny Green, Mark Delaney, Colin Brennan, all the seem to be options. And they work it out. When Tim O'Hoe got a handle on that and they had to go along on the kickouts, Tim O'Hoe gobbled up all the kickouts. And then that's how Tim O'Hoe came back into the match. But park steadied the ship. They got a, they got a late point about two up and it sort of just got them over the line. But it was like a championship match, the roar and shouting, the cheering, the whole lot. Like it was a very good occasion. And an example of, I said, like, you know, these games in the venues in Ireland are more hard. But right, right, good game. Park, what they play Ballyfin in the league final next week, they'll be delighted to get promotion because they're playing the third division and they're a senior team, you mm. know, and the good times continue for them. You know, that's like yeah. two back to back championship promotions and a league promotion now in less than a year. Their, their junior team are in another league final. Two league finals in a row. Oh, they're not, they're not they're in a league final, aren't they? Their junior team are in a league final next week against Kilcavan. Yes. And they were in a league final and championship final as well last year. Like, yeah. You know, so, yeah, yeah, so but Tim O'Hoe Tim O'Hoe are back. Yeah. Intermediate. Tim yeah, O'Hoe are exactly. back. You know, I like like to look at them. And I think I think themselves in the heat and Kill Cruz. I think Kill Cruz won't be a million miles away. I know it's a bad league, but the, the old dogs for the hard road. Um like they were like we're all we raved about Ratanesca and Last year in the intermediate semi final, with about two minutes to go, there was probably a pint between Cruz and, and Ratanesca and Ratanesca saw it over the line. So that was right. I really enjoyed that game the other night. Um, that's where the minor football championship starts this evening, group stages, but three teams out of four. We're not a fan of that. We would have preferred went with the, with the hurling system where yeah. everyone made each other up four through, you know. That's it. Start of the week. Nominees. So we've got three nominees. We've. Uh... First of all, to David Sheeran, who pipped. Sean Moore by like about 10 votes out of 1,000. Yeah, so we've we've three nominees for this week. We have Aaron Fitzpatrick for her outstanding performance with the Leash Ladies. We have, uh, and then we've got two athletics nominations, Sarah Boogie from St. Abbans and uh, Ruby Millet from St. Abbans. Uh, Sarah won the triple jump, gold medal in the triple jump at the National Athletics Championships and Ruby won the uh, long jump or uh, a gold medal in that as well. So uh, there there are three nominees. We're all women this week, and that'll be on Instagram. People can go and vote on it. I, I actually, belatedly, uh, just to make a short list, but I have to give him a shout-out, my own Anonoxia club man, James Ryan, who was doing an oh, Ironman yeah. in Frankfurt in Germany over the weekend, which was like a marathon. I don't know how long a cycle, like 100-something kilometres, and like swimming, the equivalent of a marathon as well. Like Ironmans are not for the faint heart. No, James Ryan is one of the hardiest jokes you would ever come across, like, and played football with him for years, and he was—he'd hurt you even if you were playing with him. You know, yeah. like, he'd go like he only saw the ball at whatever in between him and that, completely inconsequential. Exactly. Well, fair play to James, and hopefully he he makes it back from Germany in one piece. Um, incredible, incredible feat he's taken on. So look, we'll we we'll leave it there. Uh, we'll be back. Um, later in the week, we'll be previewing the football league finals that are on. Um, this coming weekend. Um. We might be introducing a, a new guest 
to our, our panel that we're building up. So um, we, we hope to be able to do that later in the week. Um, so yeah, for myself and Stephen, uh, over and out. And um, we'll talk to you again later this week. The Leash Today Talking Sport Podcast. Brought to you in association with Booth Concrete. Booth Concrete provide high-quality concrete products to Leash and the surrounding counties. Thinking concrete, think Booth Concrete. When quality matters. Quality matters.